No, I like these. They're like low caffeine, 95 milligrams of caffeine. So late in the day, it's nice. It's just a little pick me up. They kind of taste like ass, but it gets the job. It gets the well, job why that and not like Red Bull? Because, well, I like Red Bull too, but Red Bull has like guarana and other shit in it. And this is like supernatural uh, monk fruit, nothing artificial. I don't know. I think it's better for you. Are we live? We are live. We are live. Well, welcome everybody. Episode four, Tampa Bay Developer Podcast. I'm here today with my good friend Ishan from Serenity Capital Management. Hey, Garrett. How you doing? Good, brother. Good, brother. Happy to have you on. Thanks for having me. So Serenity Capital, local development company. Um, what made you guys get into that business? Oh, man. Oh, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a great question to ask. And... Um, Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Um, Garrett and I have been friends since I moved here in 21, and it's been an awesome friendship so far. Um, so what brought me to Tampa and how Serenity was formed? Happy to get into that. So Serenity uh, Capital Management is the brainchild of me and my brother Shri. Uh, we moved here from, I moved from, my, my, from Miami. Shri moved from Cincinnati, and, uh, you know, Basically, we're like, let's start a freaking business together. Met in Tampa. Yeah. So yeah. Shree has a lot of um, of uh, experience in commercial real estate. I was working in, in real estate down in Miami. Uh, we had always known, like, I'd, I mean, he's older than me. He's 43. I'm uh, 30. But I've always realized that I wanted to work with him and do something as a family. And um, I didn't want to move to Cincinnati. Right. Um, sucks. Yeah. Uh, and I wanted to move to a thriving part of Florida. And, and Tampa was that market. Yeah, and, it's a good um, place to, to be in the real estate industry. That's for sure. Dude, 100%. And, yeah. and, and Miami's fucking crazy. Did you guys have that conversation, though? Did you pitch like, hey, man, you're coming down from Ohio. Like, I'm in Miami. You should just move to Miami. Let's do this thing in Miami. Or was it too overpopulated, too much barrier to entry? Well, so I was, I was sort of, um, I was sort of uh, moving along with his idea and his vision his he never wanted to move to um miami yeah and it's, it's a very saturated market dude miami's right. crazy dude miami's like uh i mean there's lots of money in miami tampa it's uh easier barrier to entry miami's just a tougher market dude and and, and, yeah. and being a small family office we're not like a billion dollar business and right so those type of businesses would flourish in miami right in tampa i think we have some capital um as a family and so we feel that we were well adequated adequated in this market yeah yeah because miami there's a lot of like international players too right yeah. guys yeah. with like big 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 pockets like yeah. saudi money i mean it's very hard to compete with Dude, south imagine. america was a major influence um yeah. so everything all the oil crisis that was happening in uh, venezuela um a lot of the equity uh that was coming into, into miami was coming from south america and then europe just started to sort of you know pour in there and Miami's yeah. a sexy market man it's Beautiful people, clubs, right. nightlife. Um, and it's been hot a long time, too. A long, 100%. long, for 100 years. Yeah. So it, what's interesting, too, is there's a lot of people, investors, developers, kind of expanding their territory outside of Miami, like Related Group. Related yeah. Group has a bunch of projects here in Tampa. Yeah. Um, since you've moved, just in the last couple of years, have you kind of seen more of a shift in people coming from Miami with capital, investing here in Tampa? Yeah, absolutely. I think that, um, I think once... 
we see New York money moving into Tampa, we know shit's real, right? right. So Larry Silverstein, who um, developed the um, like World Trade Center, he's building in Tampa right now, right? Yeah. Uh, related group, um, related. So related group, and sorry, related companies is based in New York, I believe, and then related group is the Miami entity or vice versa. But um, essentially, once you see those type of big names moving into Tampa, you know shit is getting real. Mm -hmm. Um, Those names have been in Miami for years and years and years, and now they're starting to move into Tampa. So uh, we're on the radar. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of crazy to see. And then the high-end brands attracted to Tampa from that capital, like related to doing the Ritz-Carlton. The Ritz-Carlton has never in Tampa's history had a footprint here. Now they do. The Pendry's coming here, yeah. you know, Tampa edition just opened up. So it's like, it's not only some some big players from around the country moving here. Now some of the high-end brands are, you know, Tampa's on their radar yeah. and they're moving in. Yeah. It's not it's not to the point yet, like where Miami, so I lived in Miami for, for 10 years. And uh, initially when I first moved there, the higher brands were not there. So I moved there for in 2010 for college and they were not there. Now you're seeing like, Bentley Tower. Dude, Bentley, Fendi Chateau residences. Uh, Did Armani, I see Supreme has a Porsche tower? building. Probably. Uh, Maybe not. I don't know. Supreme. Cool. I saw one brand and I thought, they have a tower? God. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway. Yeah, man. Like, and I think until you see that in Tampa, then it's like, holy shit. That's this next is level. Next shit, level. Yeah. Like a Bentley residences in Tampa, that'd be insane. Or there's um, Porsche. Miami, there's Porsche. Sunny there's Isles Beach. Right. So insane. there's like, there's insane brands. There's uh there's a uh, Baccarat. <laughs> They're building a building now in Tampa. That uh, in, in, sorry, in, in, in Miami. Uh, Miami. So everything's uh, huge freaking name brands, man. Baccarat, which is a crystal yeah. and, and glass company yeah. that does high end, I mean, accessories for, you know, commercial properties, residential. <laughs> and now they're into royalty. But it's interesting. Like, I feel like Ritz Carlton, Four Seasons, um, those brands, St. Regis, they's, they've always had the footprint on residential, condominium, stuff like that. It's super interesting to me that a car company would get a deal with the developer to brand residences. You know Porsche, that tower in Sunny Isles mm-hmm. Beach, the freaking car elevator they have right. in there. like So it's called the uh, Deservator or the uh, Deezer something. So the developer's name is Gil, Gil Dezer. I've actually spoken to him before. Um, uh, he's a very successful guy. His father started in real estate in New York, uh, but he's a car guy. He just loves cars, and uh, I think he has a really he has a bunch of cars like Porsches and race cars and whatnot. And so he he came up with the idea of that, and uh, actually I actually had the opportunity to sort of speak with him when I lived in Miami. It's called the Deezer Evader or whatever the fuck it's called. And essentially, it, you you go into it, and your car goes all the way up, up to your floor. And then you have a, 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 uh, like a glass wall in your living room to showcase your car. Insane. Right. It's, it's pretty much like a, Hey, I am yeah worth a lot of money. It's Hey, um, the condo matches the car. Like yeah. I'm not driving a regular car. Yeah. Like I want to see the car that I'm yeah. paying all like this money my, for. Like my condo is 5 million and my car is also 5 million. <laughs> exactly. And they go <laughs> hand in hand. Yeah. So you guys both met. Your brother from Cincinnati, you came from Miami. You yeah. both landed in Tampa and started Serenity Capital Management. Yep. Um, 
what projects have you guys completed so far? Yeah. So um, the one that's on our website that we've completed is in, is, is an 85 home subdivision. We started construction on that uh, probably four or five years ago, bought the land. Um, it was about the 30 acre site and uh, it was an 85 home subdivision, uh, 55 plus age. We really marketed out to um, the Midwest and Northeast. Right. Um, a lot of our uh, buyers there are, are like retired doctors mm-hmm. Um, interestingly, we are, um, I mean, like we are Indian, but, uh, we cater to a lot of the Indian, uh, community, right? So, uh, if you go and tour that development, uh, there's two groups of walkers. There's a walker group that starts at 5.30 AM. There's a walker group that starts at 6.30 PM and they're all, they get together and they share the same culture, the same food. Um, you know, they're from the same area of, of India. So it's sort of like, it comes full circle, right? Like where they grew up and then they came to the U S they were doctors and they practiced and they had kids. And then now they're, um, you know, like retired and, uh, they're sort of going back to those roots. Interesting. So it's sort of come, come full circle, but super cool to see that. That that's interesting, man. Do you think that they kind of sought you guys out? I'm I'm re- so we're reading on the website. Yeah, yeah. Lake Nona, suburb of Orlando, Florida. Serenity yeah. Reserve consists of 85 home lots. Total project cost of 45 million. As of May 21, the development has completely sold out. You guys handled all as- aspects of the development, which is super interesting, man. Yeah. So land acquisition, site development, construction, and sales. So on sales. Mm-hmm. Run me through that. I mean, do you guys build out a sales team? How does that work as an as an integrated sales team as a developer? Yeah, so we um, we did have a sales team in house. Um, it was a family operation, man. So we uh, hired uh, two salespeople. My my um, stepdad, who was the main uh, developer on the project, he was there every day, working seven days a week. Uh, working super hard on that deal. And, um, you know, he was the one that was taking these people through the home, showing them the furniture, the fixtures, the type of building it is, the type of house, the square footage. I mean, he knew this deal, you know, like in and out. So Was he one of the main capital partners yes. in the deal? Yeah. So, wow, man. So the guy essentially putting up the money for this right. development is also the one driving around in a golf cart, showing off the property and yeah. selling the, the product to the yeah. end user. Yeah. Well, in, 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 view instead of, of in, instead of his, of his golf cart, it was his uh, Bentley. But yeah, literally, yeah, yeah, yeah. So so he would go <laughs> and he has a nice Bentley, and uh, he he took the, all these doctors in his car, and they would go and tour homes in a Bentley. That's yeah. one way to sell yeah. it. And he loved doing it. He like he's a workhorse, right? So wow, the dude sounds like a beast. Yeah. We got to have the whole team on on the podcast one that day. That would be sweet. Tyler, pull up view development. Um, I want to see if there's any other pictures. This is a beautiful community, man. Thanks, man. Um. So obviously the process of development is a long one. It's, it's super complicated, kind of short form. Mm -hmm. What does it look like starting from land acquisition and then getting to showing people around in the Bentley? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, initially it's, uh, the vision, right. Is, uh, looking up the market, the demographics, the traffic counts, uh, looking up, um, points of interest like where is it where's the where's the retailers where's the publics where's the schools how 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 good are the schools uh looking up the population growth uh looking up um you know just sort of very important um 
variables that play a role into this type of a project. So um, the first part is uh, market research, right? Is uh, going, going through that market research report, doing the due diligence. Um, the next step is finding the capital. Uh, you know, like in our case, we as a family had the capital for, for, for this type of project and uh, we did take it down all cash. Um, the next part is finding the, the dirt. And we found a phenomenal piece of property. Uh, it was a 32 acre site. We bought it for about $2.7 million. Um, you know, fun. wish you could do that today. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Th- those type of sites just don't exist anymore. Yeah. Um, especially at that basis. Um, and yeah, so we, um, uh, secured the dirt, um, took the property through zoning, got it, uh, entitled, um, and then, uh, got our site plan approval and then started on the, um, on the site work, um, site work. We did two ponds, uh, that took about a year and a half to complete. And then from site work, uh, was the, um, you know, vertical part. And the, uh, f- so for, for, for the vertical part, we do third party out that way. Get the GC. Correct. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Which, which would, if you guys were to integrate a GC into your business, that kind of adds a whole layer of yeah. essentially another business within your business, right? Dude, totally. Exactly. It's not, it's and, not, and there's a lot of risks that are involved with being a GC. There you have, you, have, you know, uh, liability, insurance, um, and you have to like perform to a certain expectation and, and, and being a GC is tough, dude. Cause you're, yeah. cause, because you're, cause, cause you're subbing out all the work, right? Like your wood frame, your trusses, I mean, everything you're, you're, you know, subbing out. And so is it common for developers to have an integrated GC in their business? Um, I feel like most GCs turn into developers. I don't see developers turning into GCs. Yeah. It sounds like it's just a completely different. It's, it's a different ball. And game, what right? would be the advantage? I mean, are you really saving that much money? I think if you're a GC and you turn into a developer, yes. Um, I think if you're a developer and you turn into a GC, uh, maybe, mm. right? I mean, uh, I would say that most GCs make about a 20% margin. So, mm. you're, you know, you're, you Which probably have lot. that cost savings. Yeah. It's, 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 it's between 15 to But it's not worth the headache. Yeah. Especially maybe on a, a lot, on a on a smaller scale development. I guess if you're a national developer, maybe it makes sense to go down that road. But but maybe on something right. like this, like a family development. Right. If you're Lenar or DR Hartner or this right. guy, you're building ten thousand homes, sure. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Because then every percent counts. Yeah. So wow. So a year and a half, two years just for the actual site work in terms of getting the lakes dug right. out, infrastructure, stuff like that. And then how long is that vertical construction? Uh, depends. Um, so we actually, uh, were in this process during COVID. So that was an interesting oh year. Lord. So the sales process got kind of screwed up throughout that year. And, um, the sort of, uh, you know, supply chain got, got screwed up. So pre COVID, uh, we probably took us 10 months to build a home post COVID, probably close to 16 months. That's uh, a huge increase. Yeah. 60%, 50, 60% yeah. increase. Wow. Right. Wow, man. So $45 million project cost. Yep. You made, wow, two point two. Yeah, so that was so so that was the the equity multiple. We yeah, as we probably invested about eight million in cash into the project. And we made um, you know close to a hundred thousand dollars per home, and it yeah. was about you know eighty five homes. So it's a great return. Yeah, any investor should love to see those numbers. Now you did mention like wow, we'd love to find a site like that today. Do you think the big reason why that's not possible is what we were talked about in the first part of the conversation, which is there's so much capital moving to Florida. 
specifically central Florida, and there's developers just eating up these sites. Right. Yeah. I mean, dude, I think that you were seeing that two years ago. I mean, absolutely. Things have definitely slowed down. Um, a stat that I like to say is that in, in, um, in 2021, $25 billion of net income moved into Florida versus $6 billion in Texas, right? And so Texas and Florida were two of the highest growing states. But you can tell just the sheer amount of net income that has moved into Florida and what's sort of catapulted that entire growth, right? There's a shit ton of income coming in. These are multimillionaires. Miami's seeing a lot of the sort of billionaires like the Ken Griffins, um, you know, of the world, those types of, of guys that are hedge fund guys that are making shit tons of money. Tampa's seeing a lot of the millionaires, but mm. um, just, you know, as a stat, I think it's pretty awesome to see that, right? $25 billion versus $6 billion. Yeah, number one and number yeah. two. And so with that being said, um, you know, to answer your question, yeah, uh, it's been tough to find land sites. Uh, it's tough to find great land sites. And uh, you have to be very um, choosy with the deals that you do. And uh, it's just a lot of work, man. Yeah. Which, I mean, I'm sure that, that you can attest to. I mean, you're on the uh, uh, sales side, right? Right. So. Yeah. I mean, I think for us, you know, as a broker, it's a little bit easier in the sense that we don't have that long-term investment. It's a people business, right? I mean, you might work with someone for months and months and months to help them either sell their house or help them buy a house. But at the end of the day, you know, we give them the keys and walk away and -hmm. and walk with our commission check. And that's the end of the relationship. It sounds like from what you're describing, just on this particular deal in Lake Nona, I mean, it's a few year commitment where your capital's you know, invested in the property, you're not going to get it back. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of people watching that might want to get into development, you know, maybe a young person or someone with capital, they might be thinking, wow, what a great deal. You put in X amount, you guys made obviously millions of dollars on this, but it almost sounds like in a way, problem is the wrong word, but uh, uh, something that is tricky because you guys have made a lot of money. However, how do you find the next project? You know, you're not in the business of doing one deal, taking your money and running. Right. Right. You guys are, are developers. Mm-hmm. You want to have your capital in the next deal. Right. What's, what's kind of the vibe in the office right now of like, dude, we, we did great serenity reserve. We made millions of dollars and it's like, okay, well now we're, we're a little bit frustrated because we can't move on to that next deal because land avail- availability, et cetera. Yeah. Um, to be honest, we're not finding that. It's, 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 it's the, the exact opposite. There are deals out there. It's can you be, um, you know, uh, just work hard enough to, and, and scavenge out these, these freaking deals, man. There, there are deals. In any given market, there are deals, right? In, in, a, in a recessionary market, there's going to be more deals than there aren't. Uh, in an in a, in a, in a inflationary market, you know, it's going to be tough to find deals, but we are finding deals. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, um, initially it was a, a sorry, it was a um, it was a residential focus, right? So initially, Serenity Capital Management, our our focus was to master the residential game here in Tampa, right? And we were uncovering a lot of residential opportunities. We closed on two deals. We moved here in, in 2021. We closed on Catfish Lake, which was a 16 acre site. Pull that one up, Tyler. While we're talking about it, yeah. That, I think that, it, if you scroll down, I saw it on there. Yeah, it's on there. Catfish Lake yeah. townhomes. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. So, so that we closed last year in December, uh, that'll be 24 townhomes. We closed on that deal. Um, right. But it's finding the actual deals, right? I mean, we, 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 we picked that deal up for, for, for 400 grand. Right. And so finding those types of deals are, 
I mean, that's, that, that's impossible. I guarantee you that you can't find that type of deal right now. Uh, another deal that we pulled that we um, acquired was a site in Riverview, which will be a great opportunity. That's going to be a 15-acre site. We're going through entitlement right now for a multifamily project. Um, Riverview is a great sub-market of, mm-hmm. of Tampa. It's flourishing. Your price, uh, your annual home cost has increased by probably 250% in the past you know, two and a half years, you've, your average household income three years ago in that market was 50,000. Now you're at 75,000, right? So everything's increased. The, the, the sort of average household income, your average median um, price for each house, uh, your population has, has increased. And so it's a great sub market. We were fortunate uh, enough to be able to find a deal um, there, but it was a quick close. We closed all cash in 60 days. Right. right. So you have to know the market. You have to be um, cognizant of the variables that are happening in the market. And you have to be optimistic about, you know, that, 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 uh, you know, um, investment. And then in this particular situation, right, like, you know, you're, you, you're mentioning land acquisition. What does that look like in your company and inside of your team? You're, you're, you're um, you know, looking at it. I'm, I'm literally You're the guy. I'm literally the guy. Um, dude, but I love doing it, man. It's like fun. Like you yeah. have to love the fucking deal. Like if like, and, and like me and you have this conversation all the time. It's like, you have to love real estate. Yeah. If you don't love it. And if it's a job, just in life in general, like I had a job, I had a nine to five job um, prior to moving to, to Tampa and it was cool. It was fun. And then I hung out with the boys at the office and we talked shit but like, dude, I'm creating something now, man. I'm being, I'm, I'm a part of a bigger fucking picture. Uh-huh. And this is so much more cooler. I'd, I'd, I'd choose this job a- any day. And so um, the acquisition part, it's me. Uh, we have, we have um, you know, Vincent at the office. We have a couple of, 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 of interns. We're making cold calls every single day. We're sending out letters. Um, we're actively looking at commercial sites, at residential sites, um, and like, you know, it's, it's all a part of this journey of learning and, and understanding the sort of market variables and what prices are, what a price per acre is and what rents are and mm, what the demographics yeah. are and how I value, a, a residential piece of land versus a, um, you know, commercial, uh, parcel that's, uh, you know, um, um, at a hard corner because mm-hmm. it's all different, um, you know, dynamics and methods of valuation and rents. And I mean, everything is a, is a variable of your rent and what rents you're going to be getting for that type, for that type of asset. But uh, it's fun, dude. I fucking love it. So. Some people play video games at night. Some people watch Netflix. Other yeah. people like us might be on Zillow and MLS looking yeah. at properties, trying to find the next deal. Like, I think, I think you have to have that mentality dude, dude, totally. because how many deals do you look at before you buy one? shit ton i mean hundreds we're, probably we're, dude we're putting out at least three to five offers per week and it's not like, like we're closing on these deals right. right but but we're but we're super active three to five offers per week and yeah. you've described probably three or four deals that we've locked closed. right closed yeah with maybe a few more on the right. way mm-hmm. that's that's unbelievable so it's a pure hustle pure hustle dude and then is there something is there a level of like scale to this where you know, from a company perspective, it's like, okay, well, if we can get 15 interns and, you know, six other people, you know, hitting the phones and we kind of build this out and, and we get, you know, essentially like a bullpen, mm-hmm. is, is that something that would um, help? If we had a sales team, yes. But from what my experience so far, dude, is I'd rather keep it small and nimble and have everyone 
I'd rather have quality work over having 20 freaking people just, you know, making calls. Because if I can train five people to make calls and have good conversations with these sellers rather than have 20 people and not know right. what the fuck that they're, that they're talking about. Yeah. That's more important for me. I totally get that. Because how many calls do you get every day where it's like ugh, another solicitor, another right. solicitor, exactly. another bullshit text message or email. Right. So small and nimble and actually making that, that kind of conversation and, camaraderie with right. the seller and dude all, our entire goal is to add value right is and and that's the name of the game for any business right is how do you add value how do we separate ourselves from, from you know from our competition who who are our competition and um you know throughout the sales process we're constantly meeting with property owners like like this morning i met with you know with a property owner but i've been chasing her for five months right but i but i'm very optimistic on the site i've done my market research i know that market i've driven it you know, 15 times. I know where all, the, where all the growth is happening. Um, and you see the growth happening, dude. Let's yeah. it's next to, um, it's hard to deny. Yeah. yeah. Really? Yeah. I mean, if you, if you know what's being built, where, you know, that, that gives you a good indication of where to put your money in the next project, this deal in Riverview in particular, um, you don't have to go into details, obviously if it's confidential, but like, you know, walk us through kind of what that looks like from, I guess you essentially cold calling or knocking on this lady's door mm. and then, you know, evaluating the deal, seeing the demographics around it and then presenting that offer. Kind of what does that look like? So this was through a broker that we initially met with in Tampa. She sent me the listing. I was like, eh, I don't know if we can close in 60 days. That's quick. Right. Right. Uh, they, I think they wanted a million one for it. We're like, all right, well, like, we'll take a look at it. And then me and she really like dug deeper into it. And we're like, holy shit, this is a great site. Mm-hmm. Um, now, um, you know, that site was brought to us by a broker, but it was an, it was an off-market deal. Mm. And what's interesting is that there was a land flipper. So that somebody had this property under contract and we assumed his contract and sold with, with the actual property owner. The property owner hated the freaking land flipper because he was, you know. He's not a real buyer. Shooting the shit all day. Yeah. yeah, with him. But like with us, we toured the property, went there, did a survey, um, you know, or spent a lot of money on, on third party, you know, reports and did what, 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 what we had to do to actually close the property. So. Yeah, so so you bought this from essentially a wholesaler, right. someone that tied the property up. Any idea what they had it tied up for? Um, yeah, I do because uh, on the on the on the title report they uh, slipped up. Um, I think they had it under contract <laughs> for nine hundred thousand, and we bought it for a million one fifty. So you made you know two or two or and uh, you know fifty grand. Well, I think you guys did pretty good on that one, dude. We still I mean, stole it, but yeah, it's well. Our, you know what though, our, you our, paid you our, paid our a good price for. At the time and what you knew. And and we took a lot of risk. Do we close in 60 days? You, like, how many people do you know who can close on a, on a land deal in 60 days? Cash. In cash. And be done with it. Did you have a lot of contingencies on that deal? No, uh, it was contingent upon, uh, you know, uh, free and clear title. Wow. So no contingency on, hey, we want to build XYZ. No, dude. No, uh, no. Entitlements. No. Wow. Yeah. So that's a huge risk. Yeah. That's a huge now, risk. Now, now, we had some earnest money. So we had, obviously, there was earnest money. And we had, um, I think it was 60 days of DD closing 15 days after, uh, you know, the end of, 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 of that period. So we had 60 days to walk away. Right. So, and But again, in 60 days, 
in this market to get third-party reports done and all that shit done, it, it's, it's, it's tough. So we have to move super quickly. Let's go. Um, what's the deal? What this site in particular looks kind of like the land itself looks like it's bumpy. What's kind of going on there? Was it yeah. like an old mobile uh, home park? It was an old fish farm. And um, they bought it. Dude, listen to this story. So the sellers are, um, are very nice people. We met with them. Um, the brother who lives um, in that red roof over there, well, that's, that, that's actually a tool shed. But his mobile home is, is um, just in, in, in front of that property. But um, Clint and, uh, dude, the nicest guy. Like, yeah. me and Clint have become boys. You want to pay me what for this property? Oh, yeah. Was he, like... Yeah. ecstatic that you you guys were willing to pay. Well, you know what's crazy is um, initially he didn't want to talk to because he's like, hey, like you're taking away my, my, my childhood home. So the backstory of this is his father bought this property in 1969. Wow. Sorry, he bought 40 acres of land for $7,000. $7,000. Insane. All right. And, and uh, they've sold land since that point, but now they're left with this 20-acre parcel almost. Mm-hmm. Um, and... You know, he's like, you guys are coming in here, and you bought my brother's parcel, and now you want to buy my parcel, and, uh, you know, like, no. And I'm going to stay here and, you know, uh, die on the property. But throughout meeting with him and talking to him and understanding what he needs and, and he wants to stay on the property, well, you know what, Clint, you don't use the top five acres, so would you be okay with, you know, selling us that? Is that something that you're open to? Oh, I don't know. Maybe I'll have to, talk to, you know, talk to my wife about it, this, this, and that. And so... That was, that was then, again, that was a three-month process, and we, um, you know, finally came to a agreement on price. We put $50,000 non-refundable day one down on that property, um, and so that was a part of the deal, right? Is here. Here's $50,000 in cash. We're super serious buyers, and we want this property, so we're going to be buying that for, for $650,000, which was... Which is uh, that six fifty fifty thousand is non-refundable, applicable to the contract. Wow. Yeah. So Clint was pretty excited about that. This kind of speaks back to what you said earlier about, you know, keeping your team small and nimble. Um, I think that relationship is extremely important. How many developers have those cold calling centers or at least pay companies to do that for them to, to lock in deals, Mm. land flippers, whatever. I think you guys being unique and small and nimble, you can go and shake that dude's hand and make that relationship over two, three, six months and get a deal done. I think that that is what separates serenity capital from a lot of other guys bro no doubt that's yeah. that's the value add right is he is hey we're not the developer who's like hey i'm too good to talk to you uh because you're because you've you know because you live in a trailer on yeah. a piece of land like yeah i don't give a shit dude you're a person man then yeah. like dude i've been into clint's trailer we've like talked on his porch before i enjoy learning about his family about like his fish farms and like what he did and like how he grew up and how Sims Road looked and how US, you know, 301 looked and like his struggles and what he does all day. Dude, he has this little dog and it's a schnauzer. He has this gator that he like drives around his property on. Just like hangs it's out. It's the he, dude's he life. He plays man. solitaire for an, for an hour every night. And like, I just love to learn about that kind of stuff. It's cool. Well, it's, it's interesting, man, because it's Florida history, bro. I mean, looking at this picture right now, you can clearly see the property lines, right? It's this obviously this big blank piece right here. Yeah. And, you know, all the new property around it. So you can imagine in the in the 1960s when his dad bought this property, man, none of that was there. This was probably yeah, in the middle of nowhere. I bet Sims Road was a dirt road. Yeah. You know, and for someone to grow up on a property like that and, 
you know, you got to have a tear in your eye on the way out. Yeah. I mean, I get it. My, um, my, my, um, cousin's family is selling their ranch and I, and I understand that struggle and kind of that like push and pull between the old Florida. Uh, my family's been here a long time. You know, my, my dad talks about like he used to go hunting on Harbor Island when he was a kid shooting That's rabbits. Insane, Crazy dude. dude. Yeah. That company, that developer beneficial, I think paid $2 million for Harbor Island and developed that property. Now there's houses that go no, for insane. over $2 million. But yeah. Dude, it just, I think you guys making a connection and, and being extremely respectful to a property owner goes a long, long way. No doubt in my mind, that's how you tie that property up. If you went in there with a suit and you acted too, too cool for school, I think it would have turned that guy off. I think he would have said, fuck you, totally. I'll just die here. You can buy it from my kids. Dude, he's had offers with people like that who come with the contract and the suit and do this, do that. He doesn't give a shit, man. He just wants to talk to a normal guy. Right. That's awesome. Um, Tyler, can you pull up um, the Google Maps and um, type the property address in? Because I think it's, it's pretty interesting to see what's, what's, what's going on around this. Yeah, let's talk about this site in particular and why you guys love it so much. Yeah. Probably just new tab. Yeah. And then go to Google Maps and the address is 10. Look on your computer, bro. Don't look at the TV. <laughs> Apologize, everyone, for technical difficulties. We're still learning here. Producer Tyler hasn't fully understood. It's uh, 10502 Sims, spelled S-Y-M-M-E-S, road. So this is out suburb of Tampa, out in Riverview. Mm-hmm. Um, now, you kind of mentioned before, like, you know, the broker showed you the site. You guys were maybe a little bit indifferent at the time. So hit, hit right there, Maps, Tyler. And then it should pull up. <laughs> Here, go, Tyler. Go back. Is it, It's not pulled up on your um, computer? Oh, shit. Well, well, dude, here. Okay, so go, go to the top left-hand side, and then you see where there is the uh, magnifying glass? So, yeah, so, so click on the... Uh, on, on the X, yeah, or... or yeah. Well, S-Y-M-S is the wrong spelling. Right. Yeah, give it to him again. 10502, and then S-Y-M-M-E-S. There it is, first okay. one. Boom. Yep, and then go down to the layers, Tyler, please. Yep, click on that. Yep. And then zoom out, maybe like one or two clicks. Boom, there you go. Okay. Uh, Good Lord. Here, use the little plus and minus sign on the right-hand side. Yeah, there, you go. there we go. Yep. Is that good? Perfect, man. So, I mean, as you can tell, right, is you have um, I-75, which is the major north-south um, you know, highway here that, that takes you down to uh, Miami. And, uh, you know, we're, we're off of uh, Sims Road, which is a highly trafficked roadway. On the far um, on the far west is um, uh, Highway Forty. Over here, you have um, you know US Three Hundred One. There's a brand new Publix supermarket. You have a ton of residential home growth. There's a large um, you know uh, a development by Lennar and just just thousand homes over there. So it's 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 a growing market, man. 
just seeing this Google map, I mean, this is a pretty small picture. I think on the bottom right, it says 2,000 feet. So this is maybe just a few miles wide. Walmart Supercenter, Lowe's, Planet Fitness, Publix. I'm sure in that public shopping center is a bunch more retail. Dude, other, a ton. Yeah. A ton. And there's a brand new multifamily development. So, so just south of that, of that Planet Fitness. Wow. So that's that's oh, being, I see being it. developed by, by uh, Falcone Group, who's out of uh, Miami. Um, and that's a beautiful development. And, um, you know, it's, they're, they're asking rents that five years ago, you'd have been like, you're getting that in Riverview. Right. So, but you know what though, look at the amenities and look at the proximity to the urban core. It, it makes sense. Dude, you hit the nail on that. Absolutely. And then, so ish, you guys kind of looking at this deal, obviously you guys love it. You know, you bought the deal, you aggressively pursued it, Mm -hmm. locked it up. Now you guys own it. Now, what are the plans for this deal? Yeah, so um, Tyler, if, if, if you want to go back to our website, uh, this is our proposed plan. So we have not gotten our zoning done yet, but this is our proposed plan. Uh, yeah, so Tyler, if you go down, scroll down and click on that project. Yeah, and then there it is right there. Boom. Right. So 240 multifamily units in today's world, uh, you're looking at a project cost of 50 to $55 million. Um, the capital markets have changed tremendously. So a year ago when you could have gotten the deal done at 30% uh, or 20% LTC, you're looking at 50%, um, you know, loan to cost. So um, the, the capital stack has changed on this deal a bit um, and it's going to take a lot more equity, but um, you know, you're, 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 we, we are going off of one metric. It's called a uh, yield on cost. So a yield on cost is essentially um, your stabilized cash flow um, over your total project cost, right? And so that that gets you your your yield on cost. And so your yield on cost, dude, is essentially a uh, cap rate, mm. right? So it's a cap rate, but it's a metric that that we use to sort of gauge, hey, how much money are we really making on this project? So it's a cap rate because it's using an operating income, Mm -hmm. but instead of dividing it by the actual sale price of the property, you're dividing it by what you have into the property in terms Uh, of construction. Correct. Acquisition, hard costs, everything. So with that, so, so it's just called uh, total project cost. Okay. Interesting. So that includes your land acquisition, your uh, hard costs, soft costs. Um, You know, and there's a pro forma that is uh, done and it's, and it's a very detailed pro forma, but um, I mean, this is the vision, man. Uh, 240 units off of 301 and Sims, uh, you know, and, and uh, we have two points of ingress, egress. We have um, off of Missouri, you'll see that towards the uh, east side of the, of, of the site, we have access on directly onto US 301. And uh, then we have access on to through uh, Sims Road. Wow. Fantastic. Now, that's, that seems like a lot of density that area um yeah it is did did the site come with that density or kind of how does that like how does it work when you you purchase a piece of land Mm -hmm. obviously it's zoned agricultural or whatever then what's kind of that process it allow the the government allowing you to build something Mm -hmm. sure so um in in my experience in florida so far especially here in tampa um Every property is designated a particular zoning, right? So whether it's agricultural or commercial, in this case, this was a agriculturally zoned property. 
Now, every 25 years, the county comes up with their comprehensive plan, right? And so this is their vision plan for 25 years. We believe that the growth is going to be X, and we believe that, uh, you know, that the development is going to happen in this area. And this is what, what we believe that the zoning has to be to, you know, like allow for that. Mm-hmm. So the future land use here is SMU 6, which is uh, suburban mixed use 6. Um, the amount of uses here is varies. It, it, it accounts for industrial use, um, commercial use, um, and, you know, like residential use. So um, our plans here is to um, apply for a comprehensive plan, uh, you know, amendment. And it's not going to be easy. It's a, it's a battle, um, you know, with, with the county. We have to make sure that we get the approvals done but uh you know totally speaking it's probably about a 12 month process interesting 12 months just to entitle the land just to, entitle to the build land. what you want to build right and then kind of going back to the acquisition of it how long did it take from you seeing the property to actually okay we own it the day of closing like what's that acquisition time length well, I mean, dude, so this was quick, right? I mean, this was uh, 60 days. 60 days, but I mean, even before that, when the broker showed it to you, yeah. you, you did, did you underwrite it? You looked at the area? No, I mean, yeah, yeah, very briefly, but I didn't want to put much much effort into it until we had uh, control Interesting. of it. So once we had control, then I was fine with it. But um, yeah, I mean, it was a very close. I mean, I got, I got our geotechnical engineer out there, a surveyor out there, a, an environmental scientist, uh, we got the wetlands done. The, um, you know, we looked at, um, you know, the soils are were super important to us, right? It's making sure, hey, like, are these good soils or bad soils? We, well, it's a fish farm. I mean, who the hell knows right, what right. is in the ground and the environmental? So and- that's what's interesting, right? Is hey, these fish ponds could be contaminated mm-hmm. soils or whatever. So we have to do something that's called a test pit. Um, excavation. So usually in commercial development, you do what's called a uh, SPT borings, where you basically take these huge rods and you go on deep and you uh, basically try to like you, you know, go get, deep with your rods. Yeah, you go deep. You, you basically take a rod and you go as deep as you can, and then and and then you figure out, hey, is it good souls or bad souls? Which um, no, but in this case, we did a test pit excavation. So we took a um, a uh, what's it called a a backhoe out there. And we basically, you know, took a backhoe out there. We had Daryl, um, you know, who's a great uh, geotechnical engineer, and we had him out there, and he was doing his thing. And we made sure that 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 that, that the soils were good soils in all the fish ponds, and it turned out to be great. Yeah. So we have great soils across the entire site. The only thing is that this property is in a floodplain, um, so we are going to need a shit ton of fill to raise up the site, uh, oh. which is going to be quite expensive, but... Um, so you literally have to bring in dirt to essentially raise the land up to, you know, obviously pass the floodplain. Yeah. What does that look like? What's that cost? Hopefully not. Um, we have a pretty large, uh, pond and, you know, on the property. So we'll sort of excavate, uh, as much dirt as possible. Um, what does it cost it, to bring in dirt, uh, a year and a half ago, two years ago, it was about $13 uh, per cubic yard. Now it's about $25. That's crazy. So man. it's gone up a lot, but, um, a lot of people say like, Oh, these developers are coming here and there's so many people moving here and they're taking advantage and raising rents. sounds like you guys got problems on the front end. Dude, I mean, all your costs are way, way, way up. It's not like 10%, 15. It's like 
double in some cases. Dude, developers can't make numbers pencil. Thank God we are in this deal for the basis that we are on land. Right. Because if we were paying market price, which is $40,000 per door, yep. dude, the, the numbers don't pencil, which is why people are not developing right now. I right? wanted to ask you that. If you were to sell this today and you were the buyer, so you, you coming into this deal as it sits yeah. at today's market value, would it even pencil out? Would you even buy it? Um, it depends on what your cost of construction is. Um, if Because look, like the rents are there. So we know that. Now, if your cost of capital is relatively cheap and if your cost of construction um, is better than ours, right? Because we're a smaller time, you know, developer. If you're a multifamily guy, you're developing 5,000, you know, like units per year and, you, and you're doing a shit ton of, 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 of volume and, and your costs are lower. I mean, dude, it's going to be, you know, a different pro forma altogether. So if I was a buyer, would I buy this property? Hell yeah, because where else are you going to get right. 18 acres of land right. in Riverview off it just of 301 exist. It doesn't yeah. exist, dude. So. Yeah. Um, do you, you know, what? So, so essentially there's extra equity because you bought it very correctly. Right. Um, is there any improvements you want to make to the property? Meaning, do you want to take it to a higher level of, of finishes to get higher rents because your basis in the land is so low? Is there a thought of that? Um, honestly, dude, we, we haven't really got there yet. Yeah. We're, we're just trying well, to get you're, you're the Well, you're in the rezoning. entitlement phase, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And how many months are you into that? Oh, dude, we, um, we got screwed by this attorney who we thought was the attorney, but ended up not being an attorney. That's, that's a whole other story, but... Um, yeah, we probably... Is that something we can get into at all or no? Yeah, yeah. Because when you say we got sure. involved with an attorney who wasn't an attorney. Yeah. So we so we worked, uh, we were under the impression, uh, we basically, uh, without naming names, we met with a large built-to-rent owner in Tampa who introduced us to a guy. And, um, you know, we trusted his judgment. He knew what, what he was talking about. And um, he was recommended to us by a large built-to-rent guy that does millions and millions and close to billions of dollars of fucking assets and, and you know. So, of course, uh, you weren't thinking of, of necessarily verifying him because you were recommended. Yeah, yeah. And also, it's like going to a doctor. Like, do you check... Right. Their, you know, like medical records, do you... Like, do I'm you, in a doctor's office, yeah. of course do not. Do you check their board, you know, you know, certification? Probably not. You're like, he's a doctor, so I trust him. Or, like, if, if you hire a, a freaking lawyer, are you are you going to the Florida Bar website? Of course not. Exactly. So, I mean, we trusted him and um, ended up just uh, being just a shitty person to work with and just wasn't... Like, we're pretty easy people to get along with. Just get the job done, dude. Mm -hmm. Get the job done. We're paying. We paid everything, dude. We, everything, all the invoices were always paid. And, um, dude, just like the last couple weeks were just very sluggish. Wasn't really getting the fucking, you know, deal to move along. And we needed certain things done. He just wasn't doing it. And so I was like, this is, this is something's weird here. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we ended up pivoting into a new land use attorney and the land use attorney that we started to work with now, uh, was like, Hey, um, did you know that he's not a barred attorney? And we're like, no. And, uh, and, um, we've been pursuing it ever since. So, uh, you know, we'll, uh, 
we'll see what what the outcome is with that. But you know, it's it really slowed us down, man. I mean, we we were put back by four months, which and we're paying you know like taxes mm. on this property, and we have a million eight in this property now almost. So um, you know, we're we're uh, we're trying to move the ball along, dude. Right, this guy it's a screwed setback, it up yeah. for us. So. To answer your question, uh, probably to get us entitled for 240 units, which is, is going to be very difficult, but I, but I think it's doable, man, because the market needs it. Uh, probably, I agree. Uh, probably another 12 months. It's it's really interesting that you say the market needs it. Hillsborough County, the city of Tampa, a lot of the local municipalities talk about affordable housing so much, and then oftentimes it seems like they deny projects you know, based on a tree, based on it's going to be more traffic, based on et cetera. You know, you can't you can't on one side say we're denying, denying, denying projects, and on the other side say we need affordable housing. Developers are here to supply. You know, they're, they're here to build up that supply to alleviate demand. Mm-hmm. There's so many people moving here. We need the density of a development like this. What happens ish if the government says no? You can't do the 240. You can do you know 160. Have you underwritten different scenarios? Yeah, so we have. So minimally, we know we can get about 150, 160 uh, units on the property. And if we do, um, if we're not able to get 240, then we will do a built-to-rent type of uh, development. So it'll be these like villa-style cottage homes, attached homes. So there is plan B built in. Oh, dude, 100%. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, regardless, we've made money on this deal, like, as a company. So. so so, the idea is like, hey, we locked in this great site. Here's what we can do 100%. Maybe here's what we can do 85%. Mm-hmm. And you just shoot for the stars? Like, you just shoot for, like, hey, yeah. max density. Yeah, why not? And then go from there. Yeah, dude. 100%. Yeah, so we aim for the max uh, density, and we... And we and and there is ways to get it, dude. Our, 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 it's very simple. Our, our our strategy here is to get a um, it's SMU six. Get a comprehensive plan change to Res nine, which is should be doable because there's other Res Res nine categories uh, and current zoning um, parcels in this in this in the in, into the proximity of the site. And so we go to Res nine, and we do a mixed use um, density increase into 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 Res twelve, which basically means that we got to incorporate some type of a um, some type of a commercial uh, use into this project, uh, which is on this, this this picture here, and then um, and then um, there's something called a a gray water bump, which uh, essentially by law in the, in the state of Florida, if you use and if you, if you recycle your water in through your like you know irrigation system, like your sprinkler system, and like for like you know landscaping and stuff like that, by law, you get a 33% increase to your density. That's a lot. That's, that's, huh? That's a lot. Oh, yeah, 33% dude. in density. When you talk yeah. about obviously a hundred units, that's 33 more, 266. That's a significant density. Dude, hundred percent. Yeah. So combined with mixed use, you know, you're talking about a, a, a good chance that you guys will get that entitlement. That's awesome. Um, I think so. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. so the site, I mean, the actual development itself, what does it look like? You know, you mentioned mixed use where on this kind of map and we'll show it for people at home watching. Walk us through what the development looks like. Yeah, dude, happy to do that. So this is the um, that this is the uh, landscape um, architected plan, conceptual site plan. You enter in through Sims Road, you know, beautiful uh, landscape, uh, tons of parking. 
Um, you know, we have, again, six buildings here as soon as you enter in, another four buildings for a total of 240 units. You have a beautiful pond, you know, in the back, um, right? And so building, and then we have a pool out front, um, amenities like a park, uh, space that's next to the pond. We'll have a sidewalk that goes around the whole pond too, which will, which will be awesome. Uh, building number 11 and 12, that's the commercial component. So uh, we're still uh, trying to figure out exactly what's going to be our uh, commercial use, um, but it will be incorporated uh, in into the site plan here. Wow. What a plan, man. And then two, two uh, ingresses, egresses, so Sims Road and then the other street you mentioned, now is this like a gated community, obviously, like a gate with a key fob to get in type deal? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Amazing. Exactly. Um, Secured access. The whole thing. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be sick, dude. You're going to have like 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 eye scanners and uh, fingerprint, and you're going to be able to like... I don't see a clubhouse. Is there like a clubhouse with a gym and that mm-hmm. sort of stuff? Yeah, so that's building number... Uh, like 12, maybe? 12, right? And then number 11 will be the... Um, will be, it's probably going to be like a 2,000 square foot, um, like, uh, you know... Uh, convenience stores interesting like now would, would that be something you guys as the developer do you get to choose that tenant like do yeah, you get to uh, choose we don't, I, mean, cho- I mean choose is 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 a bit selective but yeah i mean i mean do we go out to market with a 2000 square foot you know uh you know uh vanilla shell and and sort of like market it out yeah We're, right right yeah, right absolutely yeah interesting man um is there a deal where, you know, obviously, okay, we'll start here. What's the exit strategy? Ooh, um, if we develop this as a family, then it's to hold it long-term. Uh, wow. we, we are long-term holders and just cash flow it. I think it, it, it'll be a, you know, cash flow machine. Oh, yeah. Um, I, don't, I don't see us having less than 95, you know, percent occupancy here. Um, and, uh, if the market is the market, how it was a year and a half ago and, you know, cap rates are down to four caps for multifamily and right. sell it. So you're going into this deal without the need to sell it. No, we don't need to sell it. No way. That's an extremely yeah. favorable position to be in. I think so. Do you think a lot of other developers are not in that position where they've got this investor, they've got this, you know, capital who needs their money back, you know, all that sort of stuff. You Uh, guys are unique in that you're very fluid. Yes. I think that we are, um, we are fluid. Yeah, sure. I think, I think, I think, I think, um, there's a word I use always, but I can't remember right now. I don't know why. So, um, yeah, I mean, we don't have to sell and we don't have to, um, Hold, I mean, we have a lot of opportunities here to, to sort of, um, you know, exit out of the site. Um, to answer your question, some developers hold, some developers are merchant builders and they just want to construct, develop, and sell it, right? And so uh, I think every investment company has their own uh, criteria that, that, that they go by. Um, for us, here's the word, we're opportunistic. Mm. There it is. So... Uh, whether the whether the, whether it presents itself to hold or sell, I think that we'll look at both. Uh, you know, uh, you know situations. But we're super busy, man. We're doing got this deal. We got another deal that's in the Midwest that we've owned own own that land for for twenty plus years. That my uh, stepdad bought. We got uh, commercial properties that we're looking at in multiple you know counties. Um, there's a lot. You mentioned, you know, one exit could be to hold cash flow of the property, keep it in your portfolio. One exit could do, be a build to rent. Maybe things change based on entitlements, 
you know, a decision would have to be made. What about build to sell? Um, condominium, townhouses. On this property? Yeah. Well, if we do a... Uh, no, I, I, I believe with where the interest rate environment is right now, where the capital markets are, um, I do believe that this is a rental product all day, whether it's built to rent for townhomes or like attached like homes or whether it's, it's multifamily. This is a rental site, which you can have as a single parcel. What was that? Are you connected to the pod? I heard something coming through my headphones. Dude, it sounded like Grant Cardone. I was like, Grant Cardone? Wait, was that your phone ringing? Oh, my God. I was connected. Oh, yeah. Definitely don't be connected, bro. Um, so, to me, right, like, you know, my sense just kind of on the front line, tip of the spear, like, broker side of it, working with buyers, I would imagine as a developer, it's extremely risky right now to build a for sale product. Mm -hmm. You don't know what the market's going to do in 24 months. Next year's an election year. Dude, so look, yeah. The debt market sucks. How do you know you can sell everything? Conversely, shitload of people moving here. You know you can rent the damn thing out. Why take the risk? Cash totally. flow it. Call it totally. a day. Dude, Tampa, last year, I think it was 55,000 people moved into Tampa or 60,000 people, some, some insane number like that. And so... Uh, year over year, the population is is increasing. There's a lot of jobs coming to Tampa, whether it's it's life sciences or tech, or uh, there's a lot of you know work from home folks that are that are that are moving to sort of Tampa. Um, and look, what you know, it, Tampa in general has a lot going for it, dude. It's yeah. beautiful. Our, I think that our weather is better than Miami because it's cooler than Miami. Yeah. Um, like I was in Miami two weeks ago and it was 72 here in Miami. It was, it was 82. Right. Right. So that 10 degrees of temperature makes a difference. Oh um, yeah. Miami is super crowded. If you go to like Brickle Bay drive or like, or like Brickle Avenue, dude, it's like Manhattan almost now. It's insane. Like the amount of cars that are there, it's nuts. Um, Miami is, uh, different. It's very, um, like what's the right word? It's not like sketchy, but there's there's it's just, just a, a of, different demographic. Yeah, a, yeah, yeah. So there's just a lot going on in in, <laughs> in Miami, and it's 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 an it's an interesting part of town. It it is so different, and I think you're right. It's interesting you bring up the weather, man. I've always thought that too. I've always felt like you know you go down to Miami and it's always more humid. It's always a little warmer, bro. Always there's more. There's freaking like iguanas running around and coconut trees and shit. Like, did you know that iguanas freeze? <laughs> I heard that, dude. Yeah, dude, I, they I, fall I out of the my, trees. Bro, it was nuts. I was playing golf at the Biltmore in Coral Gables a couple years ago, and it was like cold. It was like it's like forty degrees just randomly, and I swear to God, I was I was on a tee box and like I heard a thump, and I was like, "Hell was that, dude?" Another one, another one. Dude, raining from the sky. Like DJ Khaled, another one. <laughs> there was like four iguanas, dude, just dropped, and I was like, "And you're like, what in the dude?" And like, you go up to them, and they don't move. They're just they're frozen. just frozen they're there. Just frozen. Yeah, we don't deal with that here in Tampa. No, we don't. No, no. but it, you know, you, iguanas are annoying. By the way, are they? they? Suck. They're cool though. Why are they annoying? They're cool looking. They're, they're cool annoying. looking. Because they're everywhere, dude. In Miami, it got really bad. Like, they were everywhere. Like, wherever you would walk, there's a freaking iguana. Why are there iguanas in Miami and not Tampa? How have they not just made their I, I, way? I don't know. Maybe it's the weather. Maybe it's the tropical weather down there. I don't know. Maybe man. it's too cold up here. I don't know either. 
It's a great question. We should actually find that out. Yeah, Tyler, yeah, Google. Tyler, Google it. Yeah, Tyler, pull that up. Look up why are iguanas. Um, let's let's bet though. I, I want to like we should bet. All right, all right. I'm, I, you guess first. I think I think iguanas were not. Um, <laughs> I was gonna say this. Like local to Miami, and somebody moved them to Miami from like some Cuba asshole some, had an iguana some in South a cage American country and thought it would be cute yeah. to let his iguana out in his front yard, and now there's 157,000 of them. Right are not native to Florida and are considered an invasive species due go. to their impacts to native wildlife. Mm-hmm. There you go. Ish, should we just put the whole real estate thing to bed and be iguana hunters and go down there and trap all these bastards? Dude, do you remember when they paid you to kill, like, pythons? Yes, bro. In the Everglades? Scro- Look at that article. Invasive green iguanas are now being spotted in Tampa Bay area. Sound the alarm, people. No. Chicken of the trees even serve for dinner? I don't know about that. Ooh, I don't that's, know. A, that's a little wild yeah. ABC action news. Relax. Yeah. I don't know. Pinellas County know. overloaded with iguanas. What? What? Oh, no. The invasive creatures have been spotted in the Pinellas County. Dude, they change color, counties. too. It's insane. They change color. They go, like, from brown to green. They got these, like, spiky things on their head. They change color. I've never heard that. And their tails, they, they can, like, cut their tails off if they feel threatened. And they can, like, you know, like, you know, run away. It's, it's insane. Frozen iguanas. What should I do if I find a frozen iguana? Generally, if you find a stunned iguana, just leave it alone. It's probably a good idea. <laughs> wow. Hey, man. We got invasive species coming here. We got New yeah. Yorkers. We got iguanas. Got iguanas got all coming down All here. across the board. We got, I, we got, we got Greco real estate. We got Serenity <laughs> Capital Management in the building. You know what though? I can't imagine myself. Obviously I've got some, you know, I've lived here my whole life and we have some family history going back. My family's been here a long time, but dude, what better place to be in the real estate industry than Tampa, Tampa Florida? Tampa. Tampa. I mean, we got the weather, we got the palm trees. Apparently now we have iguanas. Yeah. We, we have, have a, the, we have the Dick Greco station. Dick Greco Plaza. Greco Plaza, sorry. Shout out the trolley, the Tampa trolley. What do they call it? What do you though? call it? What's the official name? Uh, Nanu. 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 Yeah. It's like yeah. the Italian yeah. word for grandfather. Dude, it's so so. I cool. want to get him on the pod. I think that would be awesome, and you have to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, I was uh, renting bikes um, the other day, and uh, we were at the Dick Greco station. I'm sorry, uh, Plaza. Yeah. And. Um, you know, I was like, this is awesome, dude. You're like, you're like a part of Tampa's history, dude. I mean, yeah, like, I think that... Like your blood is Tampa's history. There's his, uh, there's his statue. Imagine if, if the world never had a Dick Greco, Tampa wouldn't be what it is today. You know what? He did a lot of good things for the city. Totally, he he was the one that brought back the streetcar system in the early 2000s when I was a little kid. And I think at the time, a lot of people looked at it like a novelty, but thank God he did that over 20 years ago because now, man, I, I live at uh, Ventana and Channelside and mm-hmm. I, my balcony faces the streetcar trolley line. Mm-hmm. And whenever that thing drives by, it is filled to the brim. With it people. packed, Dude, bro. I was going to say that to you. It's insane. Packed. Like, who would have ever thought that people would still use trolleys in 2023? But they do. It's reliable, public, free transportation. And totally. it just it just shows you the not only like the the availability but the need for it man we need more public transit i think the trolley line should go all across tampa i think there should be a line up to seminole heights 
West Tampa all the way down to South Tampa. Yeah. I think that trolley line should run everywhere. And look, the reality is it's like an old kind of cute street car. It's mm-hmm. rickety. There's no air conditioning. It's all, it doesn't have to be like that. I think the point is the infrastructure is in place. The rail line is there. Mm-hmm. We should modernize it and expand it all across the city. Dude, look at the ridership. It's freaking packed. Mm-hmm. Right now it's free. I think if they were to upgrade it, you know, you might have to have a fare. But just like any major metropolitan area, why wouldn't anyone visiting here, of course, or living here, buy a trolley pass? I would. Totally. Especially where you guys totally. live. Serenity, your office is downtown Tampa and Park is. Tower. It is. It's kind of a pain in the ass. I mean, yeah. the reality is downtown's busy. There was a guy that, that helped us find that office building. <laughs> was a really nice guy. You should meet him one day. Yeah, he sounds like a cool dude. Yeah. I heard he has a podcast. Yeah, his name's, his name's Garrett Greco. Spill the beans like that, bro. They were ge- the audience was guessing. Dude, if they're if they're if 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 Tampa becomes a true like Water Street is like a live work play, and if downtown Tampa becomes a a, a live work play environment, they should totally do that. And fr- frankly, did did you see the um the the bike voucher system now? Uh no. Yeah. What's... So 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 the mayor of Tampa is rolling on a program where essentially they're going to spend one hundred and seventy thousand dollars and give out e-bike vouchers for people to get out of their cars and to commute via bike. I and love so that. so basically it'll be a $500 to a $2,000 voucher. And you could basically apply for this voucher. It's done by lottery. And, um, you know, instead of driving to work, you have an e-bike or you have a scooter. But this is sort of where the world is, you know, transitioning to. I think you're right. I think a lot of people are sick of sitting in cars. Cars are dangerous. They're annoying. Who yeah. likes sitting in traffic? Nobody. Nobody. Unless I had a sick car. But what good's a Lambo if you're just sitting in traffic? I mean, it's still pretty damn good. I, I mean, I mean, I think people, you know, stare at you. Don't ask me. I don't have a Lambo. I can't answer that question. I mean, dude, look, the reality is if the trolley's full, what's your next option? You're going to walk. I think e-bikes are great. I think Uber. Uber. I think anytime you get out of a car and onto the street, it's huge. And I also think that that's why a lot of the large scale developers in Tampa, i.e. Mm-hmm. Water Street, Vinick, Daryl Shaw, Gasworks, I think that's why all of those developments are turning towards walkability because it's what people want. People don't want to live in the suburbs I totally agree with you. And, and, and I think it's people our age and people even younger than us now, it's crazy to be like, like, you know, we're both 30, right? And looking at there's a complete new generation like, you know, uh, you know, these guys over here where they really want to be a part of a live, work, play environment and they're okay with renting. Dude, I'm okay with renting right now. Like until I'm married and shit, sure, I'll fucking rent. Sure, I'll, I'll pay, you know, 3000 bucks a month for a apartment and have no, you know, HOA or maintenance for my, you know, lawn or no uh, issues with my HVAC or like, you know, just issues like owning a house. There's a lot of shit that pops up. And Dude. if I can just live in a, in a nice environment, or I'm sorry, a nice apartment for sure. I'm doing it as an investment strategy. Don't tell my wife. I hope she doesn't listen to this, but you know, kind of the real reason why I'm selling where I live, my condo and moving into a house and renting the house is because I can have that capital in my pocket and make some moves with it. Oh yeah, dude. I think a lot of young people think, gosh, I can just rent in water street, save money. Dude, buying a house is expensive, man. You can't just buy a 200, 300, $400,000 house anymore. If you're a first-time homebuyer in Tampa, unless you're going to go Seminole Heights and kind of maybe south of Gandy, you're going to be paying at least a half a million dollars mm-hmm. for a nice house. You, you're kind of looking around. You're dabbling. Um, you know what it costs, man. 
I think renting is a smart idea when you're young. It keeps you flexible. It yeah. keeps money in your pocket. Um, and I think if you want that flexibility, it's it's the right thing to do. So we're going to sell our condo. I think we're going to get, I believe we're going to get a really good price for it. I'm going to take that chunk of change, keep it in my pocket, and then I'm going to rent. And now I have the flexibility. Maybe we stay there for a year. Maybe we stay there for six months. If a house pops up that Cody and I love, maybe we'll buy it. Maybe we won't. Dude, you can rent and whatever that capital is that you're going to, you know, take from that property, you can invest it into whether it's with on a commercial deal or a development opportunity or a townhome opportunity, whatever it is, like whatever your vision is. Dude, you can you can embark upon that vision with that capital. I think it's a great idea. And dude, rent who like I feel like the days of like sitting on a house for thirty years. Exactly. Like I'm sure. I mean, okay, okay, maybe if you bought a house today and you really believed in it for the next thirty years and you wanted to make this your only house, sure. But yeah. if you were in the move of like, dude, honestly, like I don't want to move into like a normal house today. Like I would like to ha- buy a really nice house, and until I have enough you know, capital saved up and I feel like I'm at a, you know, position passive income wise to afford that type of a house. I'm, I'm okay with renting, dude. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I think everyone has that like dream home mentality where, you know, you want a big yard and a pool and the big house and a great location. I think yeah. who doesn't want that? Obviously yeah, everyone does. I think that's just become extremely unattainable mm-hmm. to get a, a big, nice house. I would love to live on the water one day. I think having a boat in my backyard and having a dock, I just think that'd be so cool. Dude, the reality is that's millions of dollars today. Mm-hmm. When my grandfather bought a brand new house on Davis Islands, the house my one of the houses my dad grew up in, it was twenty five grand, bro. On the water on for Davis. A, on Davis Islands on the water for a brand new house, twenty five thousand dollars. Now this was in the nineteen sixties. On the water? On the water, twenty five oh. grand. I think he ended up selling it for like a hundred grand or hundred and twenty five thousand dollars. When was that? early 70s oh gotcha early 70s something like that but dude you can't do that anymore man i mean if you want a house on the water you're going to be paying millions of dollars for land for land yeah was it the the house that that land and on um davis island sold for seven million well the the Derek jeter house sold for land value at 22 million allegedly they're going to tear it down and build three homes or whatever who knows what they're going to do they might end up keeping it i I don't think anyone knows but them obviously but the idea was man yeah they bought that for land value at 22 million three lots um what is that per lot Seven fourteen. Yeah. yeah, so it's 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 around seven and a half million bucks a lot. Yeah, and then on South Davis Islands, Martinique, which is really the most premium street on Davis Islands because mm-hmm. you're on the water and you face the bay, so it's a full bay, beautiful view. Mm-hmm. You know, I think there was an acre that sold down there, or just under an acre for nine million bucks. Dirt. That's crazy, dude. So that's what Miami prices were when I like a couple years ago, and now it's even crazier, right? In Miami, you, it's like. You can you can find land for fifteen million dollars for just a for just a parcel Crazy. of land. Do you, obviously, I think the answer to this question is no. But you know, do you see you know coming from Miami, Tampa, you know, at least jumping up into some ridiculous numbers for residential? Um, I feel that it'll never be Miami, but will it get higher? Yeah, because you can't you can't buy more land, and right. so like you know, and in, like inherently the the cost of land just goes up and the cost of homes just go up. Right. Yeah. So like South Tampa is a saturated market. Now I think there's pockets in South Tampa that can be redeveloped and like, you know, um, 
Like we saw that uh, community in South Tampa or just north of like, you know, McDill Air Force Base that, that you know, that are selling homes for like two or three million three, dollars. Yeah, which, three and a half. I mean, that's a little crazy, but, um, you know, but uh, yeah, the, like South Tampa is pretty saturated. And so like, yeah. where is the growth? I mean, yeah. And well, I think South Tampa is kind of an interesting market too, because it's such a high barrier to entry. You're surround. It's a peninsula, right? And you've got an Air Force base on the south side, which will never be developed. And, of course, Davis Islands was actually built. It was a man-made island, um, you know, and it's not allowed anymore. I mean, can you imagine as a developer going to the city, hey, I want to drag up some sand and create Mm -hmm. my own island to build homes. The environmentalists would freak out. There's no way that's going to happen. So there's a huge barrier to entry, and, and I don't see the demand switching and as long as they're not building more land in south tampa prices are going to keep going up totally i i totally agree with you and there might be dips and that's that's a part of the the real estate cycle and as you know prices will fluctuate with like rates but for the most part man i i i I totally agree with you i I think Mm -hmm. that that long term if you look at tampa as a stock it's a blue chip stock and Mm -hmm. we're here to like you know invest in it now does Serenity, do you guys, you know, you guys are opportunistic. So it sounds like anything that makes sense on paper and something that you guys want to be invested in, you'll do. Yeah. Do you see yourself getting more into infill city development? Um, maybe in the future. Like if there is a great site, like, you know, next to UT, um, you know, that's on an acre or two of land and you can, we can build 20, you know, townhomes on there and, and sort of mark the luxury aspect to our business and brand yeah yeah for sure is that one is there any news on that that's probably a hush hush yeah no we don't talk about that deal no 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 no. never yeah, mind yeah, yeah we'll edit that part out yeah yeah no worries. um yeah so you guys you guys are an interesting uh development company because you are just looking for good opportunities i think that's Dude, incredible and, and we're looking at and and every day we look at pasco county hillsborough pinellas manatee sarasota county I look, those are five counties and I focus the shit out of all those because there's so much opportunity there, whether it's commercial stuff, retail, uh, QSR, gas station opportunities for a hard corner, whether it's, um, you know, a residential town home development or a multifamily site where we can get the zoning change or we can be, or, or, or you know, or, or we can do a comprehensive plan amendment where there is a town home site or a single family site built for rent, built for sale. We're looking at every opportunity. Anything that makes sense. I'm uncovering every rock, 30, you know, and I think that you can agree with the sentiment is that we are here to stay long term. And, mm-hmm. and, we're, and dude, like, we're just both hustlers, man. Yeah. Yeah. As am I. I mean, I believe in this area more than anyone. Yeah. You know that. Yeah. Even sometimes when you get a little pessimistic yeah. or Shri gets happens. pessimistic, of course. Shri gets pessimistic often. That's true. Yeah. yeah. He'd probably be on here saying, man, the market's going to tip. He watches too much CNBC, man. Those it's people. Doom, it's doomed. It's doom and gloom. No, but I think that the Gulf, this our Gulf Coast area, Tampa Bay area, whatever you want to call it, the counties you mentioned, essentially from even south of Sarasota, maybe Charlotte County, Sarasota County, Manatee, Pinellas, Hillsborough, pa- Pasco, Hernando, like this Gulf Coast area has been slept on for the entirety of Florida's history. Mm-hmm. And the Great. east coast of Florida, Fort Lauderdale, Boca, Miami, right, south Florida, has completely been developed. <clears throat> Can't go any more west. The Everglades are right there. Prices have risen. We're actually seeing a lot of people that are moving to Florida. When people move to Florida, especially from the Northeast, a lot of them think South Florida. 
Miami-Dade, Broward, right? They go down there. I think a lot of those people get down there and they're like, dude, this is, there's so much traffic. It's so expensive. It's so crazy. And then they come over here and they're like, dude, this is essentially effectively the same thing. It's nice. There's a lot of stuff to do. And it's half the price and it's half as busy. This is a little hidden gym here. And I think we're in early and we're young enough to where we can make a footprint here and have some awesome opportunities in real estate dude dude i can't agree more with you let's fucking do it let's fucking ride bro well dude where can people find you if they want to follow along with your business man yeah man appreciate that so um you can look at our instagram it's serenity uh cm underscore re or check out the website um my contact information's on there um you know and i have to promote this we also have our own podcast uh which is the the real talk tampa bay um, and we're going to have Garrett on there soon, you know, um, one day as well. And, uh, dude, man, you're my boy and, uh, we're going to grow together and we're going to do deals together and we're optimistic about Tampa and, uh, we're here for a long time, dude. I love it, dude. Thanks for coming on. And I look forward to the next one on your podcast. Good, man. All right. Later, bro. Bye everybody. See ya.